We're in the Gospel of John. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to John 14. And we, we picked up uh, there in John as last year I preached 34 messages on the Gospel of John. And we went up to chapter 14, 1 through 6, which is a powerful, powerful, powerful passage. In that, in that passage, we find Jesus talking to his disciples, preparing them for for his eminent uh, 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 death on the cross at Calvary. And he, he starts out in verse 1 by saying, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Okay, that's important for us to kind of pull back because that's kind of the context of, of where he's headed to, to give the disciples peace of mind and peace in their hearts. Because has anyone in this service had any kind of trouble this week any kind of trouble say pastor that's not us that second service they are always filled with no all of us all of us face trouble on a constant basis sometimes right and there's things that come into our lives and and uh and they're troublesome whether it be an illness whether it be a relationship problem whether it be uh losing someone we loved uh some of you uh someone asked for prayer today because there's there's some unsolved things that have happened in their family with with someone that has been missing and uh and so they're they're, they're trying to bring some resolution and we're, we're going to pray for that individual uh throughout the week because we know that god is a god of uh, of clarity and peace and sometimes he wants for us to have closure amen and so trouble comes. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And then he t- goes on and he says, In my Father's house are many dwelling places, and I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you will be with me also. And he says, You know the way. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know the way. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he puts himself in the same category as the Father. The next, very next verse, verse 7 uh, he, he, he tells uh, them, if you would have known me, if you really knew me, you would know who the Father is. And we found a couple weeks ago from, from that very passage that, uh, that you can never know the Father without knowing the Son. You'll never know the attributes of, of, of God the Father until you know the attributes of God the Son. And Philip said to him, just show us the Father and we'll be, we'll be satisfied with that. And, and Jesus said, have I not been with you long enough, Philip? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so in that, he puts himself in that same line. And we find from that passage that the God that we serve is revealed to us as a triune God. The Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. We learned about the Holy Spirit last week, that he's our, he's our comforter. He's the advocate. The word for the Holy Spirit described in scriptures is parakletos, P-A-R-A-C-L-E-T-O-S. That's a Greek word, which is paraklete, and it means one who comes alongside of. And Jesus says, when he comes, he's going to reveal me. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, he's going to testify about me. And he talks about the Holy Spirit as a person. That's important for us to know. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is not a force. He's a person. Holy Spirit is not it. It's he. And we find the third person of the Godhead and that we need him. In fact, the Holy Spirit is the present 
uh, persona of God right now, the, 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 the expression of God, the, the third person that's working in the hearts of everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ. In fact, you cannot even call Jesus Lord unless the Holy Spirit is working in and through you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we find that. And so we, 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 we began to understand the, the Godhead. And, and if you get this wrong, this is foundational for us as, as Christians. If you get this wrong, you'll be led into a lot of other deception. So those sects or those uh, S-E-C-T-S, those uh, 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 maybe what someone would label a, a cult that they've broken off of, of Orthodox Christianity, they always get the Trinity wrong. And they separate the Trinity, and then they make Jesus uh, not God, and they, they, they aspire to Jesus, something that, that is not biblical. Uh, they'll either make him an angel, uh, which some uh, of these uh, uh, religious uh, faith organizations say, or they make him the brother of, of, uh, of Lucifer, and each one is wrong. He's not the, the brother of Lucifer. He's the creator of Lucifer. The enemy was created through Jesus, and, and so Jesus is over everything. But then the Holy Spirit comes in, and, and, and he's the one that people uh, least understand. Most of us have a lot of talk about the Father, and we have a lot of talk about the, Holy, uh, I mean, uh, the Son. We see Jesus a lot, but very rarely do people, even Christians, talk about the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit... He needs to be known because he's working actively in the hearts of every person. He's working in our souls. He, he's the one that gives us life. And so uh, for the next, uh, it wasn't chapters. You know, we, we, we're looking at chapter 14, and then we're going to go into 15 and 16. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit a lot. He's preparing his disciples for what, what he's going to do, what the Holy Spirit's going to do in, in their lives. Um, but... Uh, we're going to also be looking at what he was going to be doing in the early disciples, but also what he's going to do and is doing in our life. I need the Holy Spirit every day. Pastor James depends on the Holy Spirit to do his work in and through me. In fact, when I get bad thoughts, I will say things like, Holy Spirit, fill me, fill my mind. And I'll acknowledge him in my life. Uh, before I come up and preach, many times I'll say, I trust you, Holy Spirit. I trust that you'll give me the words that I need. Uh, because it is him that is actually uh, uh, leads us as God's people. That we don't have to, uh, uh, we don't have to be um, apprehensive about what we're going to say. Because the Holy Spirit will prepare our hearts and our minds. And even speak through us. And bring words of life into people's lives. So I can't get any, any credit for when you say, Pastor, that was a great message. i got to say, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. Because if I get in the way, then it's not going to be a good message. And it might be a message that's focused on me or you instead of the goodness of God. So we understand that, that importance right there, right? So, but the Holy Spirit also produces something that is vital to us. In spite and despite all of the chaos, and this world is pretty chaotic. Just look at the news. And now we get instant news, right? We can go on our, on our social media and, and, and you can read something that just happened in a, a different part of the world instantly. And that can be good and that can also be, be bad because chaos has a way of, of, of attaching itself to our lives. And then 
How many of you find yourself, you watch news or you, you watch something maybe on social media and, and the negative impacts you more than the positive? And our world is being impacted instantly by negative, by negative, by negative. So what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives and what he will do is he'll bring the peace of Christ despite the chaos that we're all facing. And so that's, that's kind of my thrust today. But the thesis is how can we have peace for every day? How can we have peace for today? I don't know about you, but I had several things happen this week that, that were peace robbers. They come into my life and they try to steal peace. They try to steal sleep. They try to steal all the things that are vital to us. If I don't sleep, I'm not the best I can be. If, if I'm not walking in the, in, in the peace that, that is afforded to me, then I'm not, I'm not the best I can be because anxiety begins to take over, worry and all the things. So, so what I want for us to kind of hone in on today are the words that Jesus is going to be speaking to the disciples about that there's peace available to every one of us and that peace the world cannot give you. The peace of God, the world cannot give you, okay? Verse 25, chapter 14. I'm gonna read to verse 30. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. Now, let's kind of just pause right there. And this, I, 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 I mentioned what he, how he started. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. And then he went from there. If you would have known me, you know the Father. And then from that, I'm going to give you the, uh, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to bring him to you. He's going he's to be sent to you. Okay, so, so that, now we can understand what he means. I'm telling you these things now while I am with you. You understand what he's been telling us, right? But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. So maybe vocalize, uh, Holy Spirit, teach us this morning. Just vocalize that. Say, vocalize that. Say, Holy Spirit, teach us this morning. Teach us this morning. Yeah. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. I am leaving you, verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. Let that sink in. That's, that's a command. Don't be troubled or afraid. Any of you in here that are walking in fear or worry or anxiety, the Lord says don't do it. It'll bring more harm than good. Amen? Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. And if you really loved me, you will be happy, or you would be happy that I'm going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. In other words, everything that Jesus said will come to pass. Everything, that G, everything you read in the Word of God is true. And all you have to do is test it. 
All you have to do is read it for yourself. See, that's why it's important that you will not, that you should not be a Sunday morning listener of the word of God. You should be an everyday listener of the word of God. Every day you should be hearing the word of God. Every day you should let it sink in so that you can begin to hear the voice of God. Amen? Verse 30, I I love this. This is important right here. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. Who's the ruler of this world? The devil. Diabolos, the one who penetrates and separates. He said, I don't have a lot of time to talk to you because my time's coming. And then he says, uh, the the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. And then he says, come, let's get going. Uh, I will do what the Father called to me. He has no power over me. In other words, he can't pay. No one is going to make me go to the cross. I'm going to do that voluntarily. No one could make Jesus go to the cross. When, when Peter cut off the ear of the, the servant of, uh, of the guards uh, and he cut the ear off, Jesus said, Peter, put your sword away. And he healed, him. he healed his ear. And then he said, don't you know I can call legions of angels right now, thousands of angels right now, and they take care of this. But it's the Father's will that I do what I'm going to do. And what he was going to do was go to the cross to pay for the penalty that we all deserve. So the enemy cannot take that from the Lord. So here's, here's three points, three takeaways that I want us to grab a hold of for, for today and for your week uh, so that you can have peace every day. The first thing is this. Following the teaching, following the teaching of the Holy Spirit will produce peace and truth when you follow the teachings of the holy spirit it will produce peace and truth you may ask why and the answer is simple the teaching of the holy spirit will anchor or concrete the words of jesus in your heart and in your life When you're going through something difficult, instead of you defaulting to the circumstance, you'll default to the word of God. When crisis hits you, you will not fall prey to the crisis, but you'll overcome this crisis through the word of the living God. When the enemy comes and he, he tempts you, when the enemy comes and he wants to lead you astray, you can overcome him through the word of God. How do we know that? Jesus overcame the enemy through the word of God. He said, it is written. Every time the enemy says something, it is written, Jesus said. What you're saying, enemy, is a distorted view of the word of God, but I'm going to give you the proper, word of, the proper view of the word of God because I am the living word of God. And so the Holy Spirit will continually produce that in our lives. He said, when the Father sends the advocate, the helper, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. Now, he's telling his disciples this. Now, he had taught his disciples for three years continuously, but he knew that his disciples were going to forget. 
But the Holy Spirit was going to be there and he was going to remind them, constantly remind them of the word of Jesus. I, I, I love the way that the Amplified uh, Bible puts it. it, it it's a wonderful uh, translation of this. It says, but the helper, but the helper, the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, the one that stands by, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. And just like Jesus came to this earth to do the will of the Father, and Jesus would say things like, these are not my words, but these are the words of the Father who has sent me, the Holy Spirit as a representative of Christ will always reinforce the words that Jesus spoke to the disciples and to us today. Amen? The Holy Spirit is a representative of Jesus. Always bringing glory to Jesus and anchoring the teachings of Jesus in our hearts and in our lives. And so when, when I test, when I test, because the Bible says to, te to test every spirit. So when I test spiritual things, I always think like this. Are these things happening bringing glory to Jesus or are they bringing glory to a person? Are, are, are these putting the attention on a person or are they pointing us to the words of Christ? Are you with me? And, and even what, what's going to spread through the, through the land when the Holy Spirit is going to, he, he's moving and, 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 and God is going to do his sovereign work. We are called to test every spirit and make sure that they match up with the word of God. Are you with me? And that's how you guard yourself from things that can be, can be dangerous. And, and the Bible, the Bible is our guide. When, when the Holy Spirit moves in you, you're, you're going to have a love for the word. You're going to want more of the word because the word of God is what anchors you. It's, it's, it's what helps you through, through all the things. We all have subjective thinking where we, you know, this is how, this is what I think. This is how I feel. But that's not always uh, profitable. That's not always healthy because sometimes our feelings lead us astray, but this never will. The word of truth never will. And the Bible is Holy Spirit breathed. The Holy Spirit breathed on every Bible writer. He uses their personalities, but he, 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 as, as they wrote their words, he, he used their personalities. He used sometimes their experiences, but it was the Holy Spirit that was writing an inerrant message for the church of eternity so that we could have an anchor for whatever we're facing in our lives. And the word of God is good for every generation. The word of God is true for every generation. The word is profitable for every generation. My outfit might go out of style, but the word of God never will. Here, here's what, um, what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, 
for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why was this important to the young pastor, Timothy? It was important to Timothy for the same reason that it's important to us. It will daily guide us. It'll guide our decisions. It'll guide our responses. It'll guide the problems that we face. It'll, it'll lead our discipleship, our mentoring, our parenting, our child, uh, our, how, we, how we live as a child, as a teenager, a young adult. The word of God is for every season of our lives. For whatever we're going through, the word of God has got to be the basis of every child of God. Every Christ follower has got to be embedded and implanted in the word of truth. That's what keeps us where we need to be. Everything you need for a life of godliness is in the word of God. And there's a lot of good teachers that are gifted by God to help you learn the word. But let me tell you, there's only one great teacher and he is the Holy Spirit. What do I always tell you guys at Living Word Chapel, what do I always, and you that are watching online, what do I always say? If I say anything that contradicts this, you believe this. But the only way that you're going to know that, beloved, is if, is if you're in the Word for yourself. And it's the Holy Spirit that will draw you to the word of God. Let me tell you, it's not your wife nagging you. It's not your husband nagging you. It's not your, your, your parents nagging you. Read your Bible. It's not, it's not anyone nagging you. It's the Holy Spirit drawing you so that you can learn more truth for your life. We're privileged to be able to open up the Bible wherever we go. There, there are some countries where if you have a Bible, they're, they're going to put you in prison. We're blessed that, that, that we're able to, to speak the word of God to our kids. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. We're always wanting the best for our children and our grandchildren. We should want the best. Amen? Now, now you might leave them an inheritance. You might leave them a house. You might leave them a lot of different things. But can I tell you, at the end of the day, that, that's all fleeting. And sometimes that's the worst thing we can do is leave someone a lot of money because if they haven't earned that money, they don't even know what it means to, to earn it and, 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 and to live honorable with it. I'm not saying for you not to. In fact, if you want to leave a lot of money, I'm a, I'm a great candidate for that. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? But, but here's the thing, beloved. The greatest thing we can leave our kids and our grandkids is the word of truth. If we can teach them how important this is and they live their life with this as their anchor, good things are going to happen in their lives. Because no matter what we face, this never changes. And this tells me that we win. You, you may think you're losing right now in your season of life, but let me tell you, that I, I've read this, and you win. You're more than a, than a conqueror. You're victorious in Christ. Every, every believer, every believer has been anointed by God. So, so charismatics and, and, and Pentecostals, you know, uh, sometimes we can swing one way in, you know, the anointing of God, and we make it sound real 
you know, every believer has the anointing of God. No, pastor, but they have a greater anointing. God, baloney, <laughs> baloney and macaroni and cheese. How could be, what could be greater than having the Holy Spirit in you? Think about it. So you know what happens when people start saying, well, they have a greater anointing. Oh, they're so anointed. That puts the, that puts the attention on the person instead of Jesus. And the apostles, they actually, they, actually, uh, they actually countered that thinking. They countered it. They said, no, 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 no. The, the, the apostle John, uh, who wrote the gospel of John, writing in, in, in his first letter, he says this in, in 1 John 2, verse 20 and 21. He says, but you have an anointing. He's talking to all the, all the believers. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you, all of you, not some of you, See, that's where Gnosticism comes in. Gnosticism was a teaching, Gnosis, the knowledge, this certain knowledge that only an elite people had, and only these certain people had this knowledge of God, but everyone else, they were secondary, secondary followers of, of Jesus. No, 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 that's bad, 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 wrongful teaching. All of you, he says, know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lies, no lie will ever come from the truth. Man, I see gears turning. I see hearts opening up. Here's the thing Jesus said. I am the way and the truth and the life. So if Jesus is in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, he said, he said the Holy Spirit will be with you and he will be in you. Amen? So we all have access to the truth of God. We all have this anointing from God. What would happen if we started to live that out? Yeah. Yes. Someone said revival. Yeah. Revival. See, to me, revival doesn't start externally. It starts internally. (laughs) I should want revival to be in me. And can I tell you, I believe it is. I, I believe that there's revival in me. I believe when I sit down to worship that the presence of God is there. I believe that when I'm preaching the word of God that the presence of God is with me. I, I don't have to compare myself to other pastors or other leaders because why would I want to compare when I, when I have the same person in me than they do? I have the same God working in and through me than, than they do. So, so what do I do then? Then I have to take a step back and believe the word of God and walk in this anointing of truth that, that the Holy Spirit has for me and let that mold me and make me the person that God has called me to be. Now, if all of us do this together, we'll change the world. It doesn't mean that you don't need teachers or pastors. They're used, they're used by God to grow you in faith. But they, and I'm including myself, are insufficient without the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why it kind of irks me when someone says, well, Pastor James said this or Pastor James said this, because here's the deal. If, if, that's, what I'm, if that's what I'm teaching from the pulpit, which I'm not, 
If, if, if all you're hearing is Pastor James said this, Pastor James said that, then, then, then you're missing the point. I get to, I get to read from his word every morning, every Sunday. It's, it's what he says. I'm not the answer. Jesus is. And there's no leader, there's no leader that's the answer. Jesus is. Are you with me? And so you might think, well, well you pray more or this or that, but, and, and maybe that is the case. But that's because you're choosing not to pray. Are you with me? It's not like I've got this, it's not like I or Shauna or anybody has this special, we just got this special thing going on in us that we're just going to pray in the morning together, which we do. Shauna and I, we pray in the mornings together. But can I tell you, that's something that we choose to do that everyone can choose to do too. Let me read what the, what the Amplified Bible says on this verse. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, specially gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds, and I love this, and he guards us from error. And so there's someone here today, and you've been in the sticker patch. You've walked away from the, from, the, from the central things of God, or you're watching right now, and you've walked away from the central things of God, and that place that you're at is not a good place, and you know it, because there's chaos in your life. How do you get back? Here. God is drawing you. He's speaking to you. He's saying, you, you, you have all that you need. Just, just come to the word of God and let the Holy Spirit begin to work in your life. And the only way that you know if something is false is by knowing the truth. Are you with me? I, I met with someone this week and they, were, they, were, uh, they, had, they, they, they had gone back to a service that really threw them off because they were raised in a, in a, in a faith system that, that separated the Trinity and, and, and they have another book, another testament, and they have two other books besides that. And so they're doing all this. So it always leads you to different places, but it puts the focus on yourself. It puts the focus on how you can be like God, how you can be good enough, and all these different things. And that's exactly what happens with when, you, when you separate the Trinity, when you separate the knowledge of who God is. It'll lead you down a, 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 a road of either legalism, where you think that you have to do it, or licentiousness, where you say, you know what, he did it, I can live the way, the way that I want. Both of them are wrong. The truth of grace is that grace paid it all, but it also leads me to walk away from the things that are going to destroy my life. Here's the second, uh, the second point. Peace for your day is knowing that the, the peace of Christ is a gift. We don't earn the peace of Christ. It's given to us by faith. The day that you put your trust in Jesus, peace is gifted to you. And you can embrace the peace of God or you can, you can, you can push it away. Are you with me? 
I'm leaving you with a gift. Just read it again. Peace of mind and heart. And I love that. I love that scripture right there. Peace of mind and peace of heart. Those two things are working synonymously. When your heart is troubled, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Have you noticed that your heart can be troubled, but also your mind could be troubled? How many of you have, have just thought things over and over and over and they just take over your life? Anyone in here? But there's peace of, of mind and heart and, and the peace that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And Jesus in the lives of his disciples, he demonstrated this peace and we see it we see, it, we see it throughout scriptures. In fact, there's one time where, where they're going in a boat, they're traveling in a boat, and there's a big storm going on, and all the disciples are anxious and fearful, and Jesus is in the back taking a, a nap. <laughs> but have you, have you ever noticed this happen with people in your life, that, that some people can be super anxious, they can be super fearful, and then there's a person in that, in the mist, that's peaceful. There's, even in all the chaos. And that's a gift that God gives, beloved. And that gift is for you, and that gift is for me. And in that storm, they wake up Jesus, and they say, don't you, Lord, can't you see what's happening? Can't you feel the rain? Don't you understand we're gonna perish if you don't do something? And he stands up, and I, I, I don't know, it didn't say he stood up, but I'm just going to say he stood up maybe. And he said, peace be still. O ye of little faith, he tells his disciples. And that's the peace of Christ. So they had seen the peace of Christ manifested in their lives. And he said, this is a peace. This, this is a gift I'm going to give to you. How many of us need the peace of Christ for our lives. How, how many of us today will we not leave that peace? Like I heard a good message today and he talked about the peace. Okay, so I talked about the peace, but how many of you are gonna embrace the peace of Christ? Are you with me? I mean, we come and we gather and you hear me talk for 35, 40 minutes and you say, man, that was a great message, but how many of you are gonna own it? How many of you are actually even right now thinking in your head, you're saying, I want that, I need that. But how many of you are going to say, Lord, you promised us peace, I'm going to walk in it. Amen. That doesn't mean that, that your, your circumstances are going to change. It's, it, it, it's going to mean that you're going to change in your circumstances, that through those circumstances are not going to define you. The chaos is not going to overtake you. It's going to be the peace of the living God that's going to push you through and walk you through. So whatever you're facing this week, whatever is coming at you, know that there's a peace available to you that's bigger than your problem. Paul, uh, writing to, to the Romans, put it like this. He said, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. Now, there's, there's power when you understand you've been justified. There's chaos when you think you haven't. So for, for, for that person that's watching or you're listening here and you think, I'm, I'm just a sinner. I'm a sinner. I, I, I'm a sinner that's saved by grace. Now, let me tell you something. You're not a sinner anymore that's saved by grace. You are a saint 
who's been washed by the blood of Jesus. You've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And, and I know that, that some of you guys come from a, a faith system where they tell you you have to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this to become a saint. Let me tell you, you'll never do enough. Jesus did it all. He said on the cross, it is finished. And, and, and this concretes that. He, Paul, writing to the Romans, he said, you have been justified by faith, not by actions, but by faith. And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. Jesus, and you'll never have peace with others until you have peace with God. If, if, if your life with God in your faith walk is chaos, you can never have peace with others. It'll always be chaos. You've got to receive the forgiveness of Jesus, and you've got to walk it out with the justification that he's done. He has justified you just as if you never sinned. That's how incredibly amazing the blood of Christ is. It washes you clean from your past. It washes you clean in your present. And beloved, it will wash you clean in the future. And so there's a, there's a big difference between where we walked, where we lived before Christ. See, before Christ, there was so much chaos in James Reese's life. It was chaos that came from, with, from, from without. It, it, it came from, 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 there was chaos from the outside. There was chaos from the inside because I had opened up so many doors. There were so many things that, that, that just, the, the, the demons were having their way in my life. But something special happened when Jesus came into my life. Paul, Paul, writing to the church in Colossae, put it like this. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, and he transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom, and he forgave our sins. And let me tell you, there is peace there. We were at that one place where there was chaos and we lived in the domain of darkness. But when you put your faith in Jesus, he transferred you to another place. And this is a place, the kingdom of his beloved son, where there's a gift of peace for every single one of us here. That's the peace that we need. That's the peace we don't forfeit. We don't give it up. And the devil's continually working. He's, the continually continually distorting God's truth. He's feeding lies into our lives. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to rob you of what's yours. It's been purchased for you on the cross. He wants to steal that from you. He wants you to be in chaos. But look at, look, look at how the psalmist, the, the psalmist in Psalm 119, he said, your word is a, li- is a lamp unto my path. It'll guide my feet. And then, and then he says this in, 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 in same Psalm 119, verse 65, he says, those who love your instructions have great peace and they do not stumble. The chaos is there, but we can walk through it because the light of God's word gets us through whatever we're facing. 
It helps us to navigate. And let me tell you something, beloved. When the word of God is embedded in your heart and you, and you live by the word of truth, you will have the peace of the living God wherever you go. Here's the last point. The last point is this. Your enemy will try to steal God's peace, but he has no power over Jesus Christ. I had, a, I had a week this week. I had a week. And, and the reason for that is because God's doing amazing things. The, the more good God does, the more bad the devil tries to bring your way. You know, I, I, sometimes we'll say, well, the devil really doesn't bother me. Well, that could be a problem. <laughs> If the, devil, if the devil's leaving you alone, you must not be a threat. But if you say, man, <laughs> but if you say, man my, my world is filled with all kinds of things going on, well, you must be doing God's, God's work. You, you must be doing God's will. You see, the devil was always looking for an opportune time in Jesus' life. And Jesus never put his focus on the devil, but he always knew that the enemy was around. And we need to recognize that as well. Amen. We don't put our focus on the, on the devil and his demons. We don't, we don't magnify that. Oh, uh, we don't have to go look, you know, I think there's a demon under this rock. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a demon there. Let me tell you, if there's a demon right there, he's going to leave right now because I'm standing right here and Jesus is with me. I believe that. I, I just believe that wherever we go, that God goes with us. Are you with me? We, we got to believe that. So, so he's, Jesus says, the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Now, let's just grab a hold of that powerful, powerful dialogue that Jesus says to his disciples. And he says, he has no power over me. But his disciples were going to find that because of Christ, the devil would have no power over them. And they would walk in the authority of Christ. And there would be miracles that would happen in their lives. Now, let me tell you, the devil wants you to think that you're powerless. But you're not powerless if Jesus is with you. You've got the authority of God. And you can walk in this, 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 this special uniqueness that only a Christ follower can walk in. So, so that's, a, that's a question that you need, to, you need to answer. Am I a Christ follower? Do I walk in the footsteps of Jesus? And if you do, begin to embrace everything he's given you. There's a lot of teaching right here. There's a, there's a lot. Of, you, you need to understand that Jesus is called the second Adam. See, the, the first Adam fell prey to the devil, but the second Adam didn't. It's Jesus. Jesus came to, to do what the first Adam failed to do. The first Adam failed, and, 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 uh, and, and he, was, he was cast out. He was eternally separated from God for that time, right? Jesus came, and he brought, and he restored everything. Because the devil doesn't have power over Jesus. Now, I, 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 need to, I need to say this. Ephesians chapter 2, if you have your Bible, go there. Chapter 2, verse, verse 1 through 3. It's just powerful right here because it, it, it kind of shows us where we were at one time and where we're at now. It's Paul writing to the church. And Paul includes himself in this. The apostle Paul, this great man of God, includes himself in this, in this, in this verbiage. He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. And, and raise your hands if you've ever been there. Yeah. You, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. 
obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So, so when, you have a, when you have a problem with a loved one or you have a problem with, with a friend, a neighbor, and, 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 and they're, they just are, are, they're resisting uh, the things that God wants to do in their life, it's not them. It's the enemy that's preventing them from coming to the, to the knowledge of the goodness of God. Amen? So it's not a physical battle that you're having. It's a spiritual battle. But thank God for the people that prayed for James Reese. He, he's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us, he includes himself, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And so I was no different than the world before Christ. I lived there. I, I was that person. Diabolos, where we get the word diablo from, the one who penetrates and separates, he came into my life and he penetrated my life and he separated me from the love of God and didn't let me see God for who he was and he started to penetrate my life with my marriage and all this. I had so much brokenness, I had so much chaos, all of these things. I can attest to the very words of truth. That's who I was before Jesus. I never forget that. I never forget that in the lives of other people. I never say, oh, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe, oh, I cannot believe that they did that. I cannot, can I tell you, I believe it because God's word teaches me that. And I was that same person. My convictions were so different. The way that I lived my life was so different. But God, he didn't stop there. But God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And when you understand that, you walk in the peace of God because it's not your peace. <laughs> it's not your peace. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You didn't do anything to justify your life. It was all done at the cross at Calvary. It was all done by the blood of Jesus. He shed his blood for every single one of us so that we could walk in life and in the love and the mercy and the grace of the living God. And it changes us. It changes us from the inside out where religion tries to change you from the outside in. Before I ever put a sports coat on, but some of you are saying, oh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> For you that are watching online, I usually never wear sports coats or, or, or suits, but now I've started to just because I want to. No one told me to. But before I ever put a sports coat on, Jesus saved me because he loved me. Yeah. And he does that for every single one of us. Does that for every single one of us. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That from that standpoint... From that standpoint, if you walk from there, your life will be changed forever. You will walk in victory. But if you try to walk toward victory, like you've got to become some person, you will never be that person because Jesus paid it all. 
So I want to pray for, for, for those of you that are, that are here in person. I want to pray for those that are watching online. I want to pray a prayer. That today you're confessing that maybe you've tried to do this faith walk in your own ability and in your own strength. But you find yourself losing peace. And, and you find other people just stealing your peace or, or maybe uh, perfectionism is stealing your peace. Maybe hopelessness is stealing your peace. Maybe rejection is stealing your peace. Let me tell you something, that God wants to restore you today. Notice that his peace is a gift. And so for those of you that are, that are here, I'm just going to, an action step will be this. You're just going to stand up right now if you want the peace of Christ. Just stand up if you say, I, I'm just going to receive the peace of Christ. Amen, bro, I see that. So you're just standing up. I just, I just want the peace of Christ. It's a simple thing. I want the peace of Christ in my life. Yeah, for those of you that are sitting there, you don't need the peace of Christ, but for those of you that are standing <laughs> Right? They're like, oh, should I stay? Should I sit? Should I stand? You don't have to. I'm just saying. And, and, and I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. And you know what's going to be the, the, the judge of if this prayer works? You'll walk in the peace of Christ. <laughs> Amen? Father, uh, we fall so short. Father, I, I, don't, I, I don't even think that my prayers will suffice your goodness and your grandness, but Lord, it, with everything in me, I just, I just pray in a humble way. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will move in the hearts of your people. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will uh, just bring the peace of Christ that was promised to the disciples. And it's promised to us. It's a, it's a gift from you. And I, I pray that that peace will be very evident today and the rest of the week. I, I pray that every person will be able to gauge what, that there's something different this week than there was last week. That the, 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 the circumstance may not change. The, the, the relationship might not, might not be fixed, Lord. But, 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 but they will be different that there'll be an internal compass there that's, that's going to point them to the word of truth. And, and Lord, I, I pray that they will open up your, 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 your Bible, the, the scriptures, and, and that you'll, they'll hear your voice, that not only read your words, but hear your voice, and, and, and that there'll be something special that happens to every person that is standing for your glory. It, it takes a lot, Father, for us to, to, to take a, a step like this. Um, and, and as I think about what you're doing across the land and across the world, uh, Lord, uh, we want everything that you have for us. We want for you to move, Lord God, like only you can move, not, not emotionally, but actually uh, spiritually. And, and you, you will touch our emotions, Lord, but let it not be an emotional response. Let it be a heartfelt, soul-felt response that's going to bring glory to your name. Fill your people today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Let's worship our King.